Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning, and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of minus 14 degrees in Edmonton, minus 7 in Saskatoon, and 9 degrees in Toronto. Nice. Thanks, Ed. Good morning, everybody. We're broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Come join us every morning. Uh, join in on the chat. Uh, be a part of the live show. And uh, there's also a call-in button. You can click the call-in button and ask any questions you want about real estate investing for free every morning. Free coaching every morning. Free, 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 free. How's everybody doing this morning? Are you live on the socials? We're live on uh, Facebook this morning, and we're also live on Podbean. Yes. Nice. Um, give Facebook a little love in every now and then. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toss some, toss some hearts to uh, good old Zuck. <clears throat> nice. Good morning, Kirsten. Good morning, Eric, Ken, Nathan. Good morning, Rebecca. Eric and Glenn are back. Good morning, Glenn. Again. They came back. They're back. Good morning, Joshua, Matt, Ryan, <clears throat> Roxanne, Mr. Como. <coughs> Como's in the house. Good morning, Taylor. Um, <laughs> just, um, why does that remind me of like, don't nobody got the Mr. Roboto? Como? Oh, Como. <laughs> Is that yeah. what they say? Como. No, I don't think so. Okay. Domo. 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 <laughs> Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Kathleen. I can't believe you did the full routine. I even have my my robot arms going. <laughs> Anyways. Glenn. Good morning, Farsh. And Eric are <laughs> signing off. Yeah, <laughs> this will be their last. <laughs> uh, hey, can I do a big shout out to Nathan and Emily? Sure. Nathan and Emily are part of our um, REI Master's Mentorship Program. They're doing fucking awesome. They are. Really? I heart them. Yeah, you do? Yeah, I do. Good. Good. Because they're doing they're doing fucking awesome. Um the you amount just of said a couple of swear words, by the way. Oh yeah. I'm making up for yesterday. There was no swear <laughs> words yesterday. I can say I can say the address and I'm dropping it for Facebook as well. Um the amount of action they've taken in the last um little while. No, just in general, just for the last say three months. Mm -hmm. It's just phenomenal. Just yeah. phenomenal. And it's not like um it's not like they finally decided to make the call or they finally decided to write the email or have the discussion. No, they're just doing, they're stepping outside of their comfort zone on a regular basis yeah. daily yeah. and just putting in the work. They know, they, they know what it is that they're doing for. They're doing it for, they're bettering their life. Um, they know that they're young and they have the ability to, the capability to, to, yeah. to work longer hours and work their ass off and to put the, you know, put the, put the work in and um, I, I'm proud of them. I think it's fantastic. And they're just saying yes to opportunities, even though they're uncomfortable. I mean, I know you said it, they're stepping yeah. out of their comfort zone, but like opportunities are presenting themselves and they are like, yes. Yeah. Without hesitation. It, uh, the congratulations was, uh, and, and, and the props were, were, were due. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Agree. good job, guys. I just want to say that because uh, I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? For the amount of work they're doing, like mentally mm -hmm. and physically, mm -hmm. and then still being up every morning at 6 a.m. Yeah. Fuck me. Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> well, they, they deserve it. They deserve it. Okay. Cool. Um, so thank you, guys. Uh, everybody else is joining as well. Um, into the live show. You want to do some upcoming events real quick? Uh, 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 Fix sure. and flip. <laughs> we this have this Saturday. 
We are a part of Calvin Realty's Flip 5.0 tour. Fix and flip tour. <laughs> Calvin Realty 5.0 fix and flip tour. <clears throat> Do you want me to you want to tag me in? <laughs> Tap you in. This Saturday, Calvin Realty's fix and flip bus tour 5.0 in Edmonton. It's going to be four stops on the tour. Uh, we are hosting one of them, our Twelve Place Flip, with Matt and Taylor Bordian. Um, come on out. I mean, it's 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 affordable. It's twenty five bucks plus a toy. The toy goes to the Ronald McDonald House. Um, I I can't think of any better way to spend your time in Edmonton this Saturday. Um, and I'm sure, though it has not been advertised or announced. I'm sure that there's going to be some sort of networking afterwards. There has, and it has. See, like you're so behind. Like you get mad when I talk about a bus, even though they've talked about a bus. You say that they haven't announced. An I'm after looking anything. at the promo material. I don't know. I don't. I don't see. <laughs> it's anything. at the parlor Yeg. The, the, what? the parlor Yeg. Why the ice cream shop? No, it's the Italian place. The I think it's the same one that we went to last time after their flip tour. Rut row. What? Same one. I th- I think so. It's what came to mind when I saw the name. Oh, now we're just going by what comes to mind. <laughs> Fuck facts. <laughs> okay, who's keeping count of the F-bombs today? <laughs> Your children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crispy P is in the house. <laughs> I, I don't think I need to say P twice. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Chris P... He's in the, his house. He's in the okay. Um. Anyways, <clears throat> yeah. So there, there, there is a little um after after thing party. Okay. Woo-hoo. All right. So networking afterwards as well. You know what I love about the bus tour concept? You get to network the whole damn time. You're not hopping back in your car and then spending time with some spending time with with, <laughs> with, with some stupid wife or husband. <laughs> dumb kids. <laughs> um, you, you get to sit on a bus. And if you bring the kids, the kids get to play, you know, the whole wheels in the bus thing. Um, and then you get to network with someone. And when we had our fix and flip bus tour uh, back in the summer, we did, uh, we told everybody to change seats when they got back on the bus. You know yeah. what I mean? Meet someone new. Um, and there's normally like 20 to 30 minutes between stops. So that's a great opportunity to get to know someone. Mm-hmm. Um, how, you know, you go to networking events and, you know, how much time do they give you? 10 minutes. And that's just enough time to go to the washroom, pour a new coffee. And say hello to someone before they tell you to get back in your seats. So um, I think it's great. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, are we going to be on the bus at all? I, I, I think so. Okay. I'm not sure how that works. Here's the other thing is that. What's the other thing? There's literally an opportunity to be surrounded by. I mean, I don't know how many people there they're, have sold tickets to. But I think they said there's two buses. So there's, you know, at 80. least, you know. 60, 70, 80, 80. people. <laughs> I think in theory there could be like... 52 people on a bus. I was going to say, I think in theory there could be like 100 if they sold all the tickets. 104. Right? I don't... I don't. I, yeah. Anyways. And sure, most of these people are probably interested in, in actually seeing the fix and flips. But these people also are probably interested in other things and some of them might have money they want to invest some of them might be experts in something some of them might be a plumber that you're looking for or you know you know what i'm trying to get at is that like this I've isn't met lots just of people at, but uh yeah at but? tours like this <laughs> this isn't just an opportunity to go see some fix and flips and to get inside of them and be like, oh, this is how it works. It is also an opportunity to grow your your uh, network. It's an opportunity to get out of your comfort zone, practice talking to people. Yeah. Wherever you're at, whatever you need, this is literally like a fantastic opportunity. Try a new so, accent. What? Oh. Try a new accent. <laughs> yeah. Work on your acting skills. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like, if you're on the fence about this and you're just like, oh, I don't know, like I'm not really into fix and flips or, oh yeah, I've, I've you know, I've come to, I've been to a whole bunch of the meetups. I don't need to go to this. Um, I was just about to be mean. Um, don't. <laughs> get it, Step out of your comfort zone. 
Try something different. Challenge yourself. What well, do you mean to me or someone else? No, I was going to say, like, stop being a... Oh, chicken shit. Chicken shit. Thank you. Thank you. I need to remember that there's other words I can say. Um, give, give yourself some sort of challenge. Like, I challenge myself to meet 10 new people, or I challenge myself to um, add five new contacts to my phone, or you know what I mean? Just yeah. like, yeah, you use this as an opportunity, and it's going to be a really fun day. Uh, you can try a new accent, which would be fun, or you can just try a new face. Like bring masks? No. How about you decide that this Saturday, I'm going to walk in that place like I own it. Not in a cocky way. But I'm 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 not going to be the type of person that that's afraid. Can I be vulnerable for a minute? I wasn't done, but okay. Sorry, you were talking slowly and paused. <laughs> Sometimes I talk too fast, and that's something I'm working on. <laughs> but this is why I talk fast because the second I take a breath, <laughs> his wife jumps and, in. She she jumps in, takes my point. <laughs> I want to be vulnerable for a minute because. Everybody knows I've it's it's no secret. I've talked about it a lot that I am um, I'm a very reserved person. I try not to identify identify myself as being shy or as being, you know, type whatever. But um, I get very uncomfortable in these meetup settings. We hold them all the time and I'm still very uncomfortable. I'm not a very good conversationalist with people that I don't know well. Um, it. It, it expends a lot of energy for me and I feel exhausted at the end of them. But I decided literally in the past couple mm. months that I get to decide who I am in those settings and that yeah. I have to stop letting it just like control me. Yeah, That's like some, I have the control to make something change. And literally, as soon as I told myself that, these last two meetups, the one in Calgary that we held, and the one at Parkview here in Edmonton that we held, mm -hmm. I had so much fun and so many great conversations and totally like jumped out of my shell and just like had an absolute blast. And this is like 10 years later, you guys. <laughs> yeah, We've been in this investing thing, getting into uncomfortable rooms for like 10 years. Maybe, I don't know, I guess we waited a couple of years to join like the rain rooms, but Mm -hmm. let's call it seven or eight years. Yeah. And a couple months ago, <clears throat> I realized that I had the power to change it. So. What changed? A decision. Wow. A decision, because I dreaded them. Just a, just a. A decision. Deciding. Yeah. And, and giving myself the goal that like, you got this, like you can do this. You are knowledgeable, you can answer questions, you can have conversations, everything's fine. And yeah, I had an amazing time at our last two meetups. So you didn't take it as far as the way that I described it, but the same thing. I'm gonna walk into here and I'm gonna I'm gonna feel I'm gonna be myself. I was gonna say, like I own the place. But you do own the place technically. I, I, yeah, I, I, I own both of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, I took it a step further, a little more dramatic because mm -hmm. of the fact that I, when I think about something like that, I think you about stand, tall. stand taller, chin up, you know, your shoulders are back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what I mean is I'm going to be confident in, in who I am and I'm not going to be worried about what people think. I'm not going to be worried about if someone asks me a question that I don't have the answer, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, if you walk in with that confidence, and even if you don't have the answer, you know, you don't feel nervous about it. I want to be that person. Mm -hmm. You should know who, what person it is that you want to be and how you want to be perceived in public. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be that person. I feel like saying that you're going to talk to 10 people is just like a Band-Aid solution. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, you might get a little... I mean, teach their own, but like, all I think about is just wasting time. That's all I see. I see like when you're trying to half-ass it and, and like trying to like ease your way into it, sometimes it's just like you're wasting time. And that's the way that I, that, that I see it. 
However, some people have existing conditions and stuff um and and maybe some trauma in the past that makes it a little difficult for them to do t- things like that uh not as easy as it is for people like me but i, I, I no no i'm not going to give them that excuse because that's not true cuz it's i stuttered for the longest time whenever yeah. i was in, in you just kept showing up when I, yeah whenever i was in uncomfortable situations um Sometimes you just got to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, you know what I love, and and this is a terrible example for this for for what we're talking about right now. But you know, I, you know what I love when I was a kid. I loved moving. I moved a lot when I was a kid, and I know a lot of you guys have too. Um, different schools every couple of years. You know, maybe houses that weren't as sturdy as other uh, other family houses were. Um, you know, parents breaking up, that kind of stuff, moving around, lots of different rentals, that kind of thing. And, um, so I went to different schools. I, I, I lost count how many different schools I could, I could figure it out in a minute, but, um, probably 10 different schools all the way up from kindergarten to grade 12. That's crazy. Yeah. So I had an opportunity. I liked it though. And I look back on it now and I mean, I didn't like it at the time because I felt like, oh man, I got to make new friends again. I just made these friends. Now I got to make new friends again. But I remember being a kid and like, as you're growing up, as you're growing up, it's like, just kids do dumb shit. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to figure yourself out and like you say something cause you're trying to be funny or you're trying to impress a group of people and then they, you know, they don't laugh. And then suddenly it's just like, then you're embarrassed and then you're self-conscious about ever making, um, you know, being mm-hmm. vulnerable ever again. Um, you know what I mean? And, and like, you know, you go shopping and then you, you, you get these clothes and then as soon as you get the clothes and you try them on, you're like, oh, cool, I got new clothes. And then you go to school and someone says something. Makes fun you know of what I mean? Yeah. And then suddenly it's just like, that is it. You are labeled. And that's why it scares the crap out of me for like my kid or like when I hear about you, Gabby, being with the same kids throughout all of school because there wasn't Yeah, I went to literally uh, two schools, elementary school and high school. <laughs> I mean, like I remember one kid um, – um, she 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 picked her nose and she ate it and that was actually one so i i i went to a school left a school later and then ended up meeting back up with that person and that group of people later on in high school and they're still talking about that shit yeah right that took her years to get rid of so i liked going to different schools because it gave me an opportunity to try to try new things out you know figure out who i want to become and instead of like um you know, trying at one time, trying to, to, to identify, to, 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 you know what I mean? To, there's the stuttering. <laughs> Establish myself as, as who I want to be. But I feel like when you try that and it's, and people aren't receptive to it, mm-hmm. instantly you just kind of go back into your hole and then you get all self-conscious and, and you think to yourself, I'm never going to ever try that again. So I liked it. I liked going to different schools because it gave me an opportunity to keep re I, reestablishing myself and trying new things and, and figuring out who I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, I like that you say who I wanted to become because, you know, when I used to think back at that and you used to try to explain that to me because we've had these conversations a lot in the past mm-hmm. and, and maybe this is also mm-hmm. me just growing and, and realizing life in a different way as well. But you said who I want to become. And I used to look at what you were saying as that, like you were changing who you were. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that somebody would have to change who they are to try to fit in. Yeah. But when you look at it as like, who do I want to become? Like, or like, who do I have to be to be the most confident, you know, to be a better version of yourself? Yeah. And it's not necessarily for the people. <clears throat> it's for how you feel and for how you show up and for how you present yourself and those types of things. So I like that change in, in uh, vocabulary. Shedding skin. Yeah. Shedding skin. Like... To become the best version of yourself, I like that. Yeah. That's that's that is what it's all about. Yeah. And it's hard to cr- to become the best version of yourself when you already have people that are telling you that you, you can't. Yeah. When you try and people are not receptive and they are resistant, and that's why I go through these auditing periods in my in my circle, the people the people around me, and I just get rid of them. I cut them right out because in order for me to shed the skin and to become the person that I want to be, I need to get rid of those people. So that I can actually do it with, with confidence and without resistance. Yeah. Right. How many of you guys are trying to get into this whole real estate investing thing, but people are 
basically telling you that you shouldn't or you can't or that you aren't. Family. Every friend. I know each and every one of you. I can see yeah. you guys. Each and every one of you is doing this because because if those people weren't there and someone dropped you off at a new school today and you didn't know anyone, you didn't know the teacher, you didn't know the kids, nobody knew who you were, there was no Facebook, social media, no one could look you up. You could be whoever you want to be. The freedom of that. Right? That's why I say when you when you show up to these networking events, try 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 a Russian accent. Bad oh, bad timing for a joke. Okay, that's that's bad. Uh, try a uh, a German accent. Try something new. I don't know. Just like try try something. I, I, it's a joke about the accent thing, but I like try try something new. Try and walk in there with a little bit of confidence. I know you normally wouldn't, but think to yourself, what's who do I want to become in five years from now? How do I want to talk? How do I want people to receive me, perceive me? How do I how do I want people to talk about me when I'm when I'm not around? You know what I mean? What's my legacy? What's my brand? How am I known? Think about that and think about okay, what how, how do I need to show up today in order for that to happen? Right? You have an opportunity. Now, if you're coming into the same networking rooms every single time, every single month, and everybody knows you, you can't really do that. You can't come in with a new voice. You can't come in with a new posture. You can't come in you know, with a little more confidence because people are gonna be like, whoa, 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 who's this person? Calm the fuck down, buddy. You've only got two properties. Let's just pump the brakes a little bit. All right. I got more properties than you. See that? We're still dealing with school time stuff, mm-hmm. schoolyard stuff, even as adults. And that's what's preventing you from doing shit. So if that's how you feel, then don't go to those networking rooms. You know what I mean? And stop asking people how many properties they have. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I'm passionate about that. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Quick little commercial break. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from DCI. No sloppy seconds. So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash-flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash albertabuyers or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. I saw Garrett sneaking in here. I guess he had some trouble in the driveway on his way to work. Um... And he says, this would have never happened if I was a full-time real estate investor. It's true. Right. <laughs> uh, I also uh, saw well, it. I, I mean, it, it can still happen. You still go places. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> um, it doesn't exclude you from that. Yeah. also saw Justin and Manzur sneak in there as well. Good yes. to see Manzur here. And you know who else sneak, snuck, snuck, sneak, sneaked, sneaked, snuck, what? snuck in? Mark. Mark. <laughs> Mark's here. Oh, hi, Mark. Every day. Every day. <laughs> um, uh, how are we looking in the comments here today? I um, about 67. Missed. Yeah, I and uh, sorry. Um, I don't know what you just said. I wasn't listening because okay. I was reading something. It's okay. I'm going to okay. get back to that. Um, Jared, Jared, yeah. Jared yeah. actually says. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. Go ahead. <laughs> Wayne's, if you're not on the social media watching live, Wayne is taking a really long sip of coffee to let me speak. <laughs> I was just joking about interrupting you. Anyways, um, yeah. But, I burnt my lip. <laughs> held it there for too long. Um, Jared, I like what Jared was saying. He said that he's, you know, never liked the who do you have to become, but he likes who do I want to be or to become. It's easier to become the person you want to be than the person you have to be. A life by design. Is it that crazy? Yeah. To think? Yeah. A life by design, a life that you choose. Yeah. I know it sounds stupid. I know it sounds like, you know, I should be about four feet taller and and have a name be named Tony, you know, to say something like a life by design. I get it. I, I know it sounds like cheesy, like it's some motivational speaker but it's like the fucking truth mm-hmm. literally like all of these are 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 examples scenarios but like 
if you were plopped down on earth today, if you were plopped in the schoolyard today, who would you want to become and what would you want to do? Think about it. Really, just figure it out. And then work towards it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we have pre-existing conditions that we have already committed to in our lifetime since the age of 16 or, you know, our personality traits were designed way back when we were eight, nine, 10, and then kind of reconfigured again when we went to high school and puberty and all that type of stuff. So like our, our, the way we, the way we walk, the way we talk, the way that we make decisions, whether we do or we don't, um, how we hesitate, you know what I mean? Our confidence was all designed, you know, between the ages of like eight and 17, right? And then you got into the workforce, you gained a little more confidence. But even then, like, you know, you decided to to, to take a career and and that is it. And it's like, uh, okay, that is who I am. You, 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 you've made the decision that that you that is who you are. I am the welder who doesn't like going to parties. <laughs> I will. I'm not the type of person that speaks up. I'm a Sagittarius. You know what I mean? Just like you, you, is that it? You're, you're 19 years old and you figured out who you are until you die the next 70 years, 80 years. Give me a fucking break. Give your head a shake. Seriously. Is that it? You know what I mean? Is that it? Give your balls a tug. Okay. <laughs> as soon as I said, give your head a shake, I saw her smiling. I'm like, it's coming. <laughs> Oh my god! I couldn't hold it in. <laughs> supposed to be having like this serious conversation today. Here's Gabby in the background. For those of you guys on Facebook that can't hear it, she's like, "Give your balls a tug." It's, it's it's true though. It's true. I can't like that bothers me. You got so much life ahead of you, and like your your scenery and your environment does not get to decide who you are mm -hmm. you decide who you are make a fucking decision yeah and if there's people in the way of you doing that then remove them cut them out now if your environment is, is preventing you from doing it then move yeah what would happen if you moved to a completely new city you would have the opportunity to be whoever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. It's a whole new fresh start. I don't think most of people most people take on that mentality unless they are literally moving for a fresh start. Do you know what I mean? If they're like, "Oh my god, I need to get out of here. Something traumatic has happened. I this is a fresh start. I'm going to reinvent who I am." Well, normally it's at, it's at those rock bottom moments yeah. where they're like, "I need to get out of here. I can't be around these people anymore. Yeah. I can't do this job anymore." Yeah. But I never thought of it like in just like a more mild chill way that like you know when you do move or when you do start a new job or when you join a new team or like in any new situation where you're around new people you can decide okay i want to change this about me i know that this isn't i don't like this part of me it isn't serving me i'm going to become better or different it is new opportunities in all of the little, little changes that we make in our life. It creates opportunities to become our better selves, better versions of ourselves. Constantly growing to be the best version yeah. of yourself. And too. I mean, you don't need a change to make that happen. I mean, I if mean, you you're, if you, right now. yeah, if you grow and it makes somebody else uncomfortable that is already in your life and they can't accept that you're bettering yourself, that's on them, not on you. You have the opportunity to change whatever you want at any point. But I know that for some people, the discomfort comes in and like when the people you know are like, who are you? What are you doing? You're not like that. Mm -hmm. That's that type of thing. So that can hold a lot of people back. There's a lot of good conversation going on here. It looks like uh, Jared's um, dropping some big truth bombs in the comments here. Um, I don't know what context this came out of, but um, Don says witness protection program. <laughs> um, and then right underneath, Chris says that's what we did. We moved nine years ago. I don't know if he's if he's in witness protection. <laughs> that's or not. what we did. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Jared also wants to know, oh, God, don't change the subject. <laughs> we, we won't change the subject, but um, Jared says, Gabby, <laughs> in cap locks. Yeah. Did you see the full lunar eclipse this morning? It was so good. When was it? Um, so it started last night around 2, I think it peaked at 3.29 a.m. and continued on for the next few hours. Um, Jared, I didn't see it. I forgot to look this morning. I was going to set an alarm. I was like, you know what? If I'm in bed by 9 and, you know, wake up at 3, like at its peak, that's a good six hours or something like that, whatever the math is. Like, I can do that. Yeah. But um, – Alas, I had trouble falling. I fell asleep and then I woke up and then I was awake. So I didn't get much sleep last night and I chose not to get up. I knew I was going to kick myself. I'm kicking myself. Thank you for reopening the wound. And then I forgot to look this morning. <laughs> but it is a full moon today. Yeah. Happy full moon, everybody. Peaks at 11.20 a.m., I believe. Okay, back to it. Now do you know why I'm so proud of you, Nathan and Emily? Yeah. Right? Big time. And I don't think Nathan and Emily were running away from a problem. I think they mm -hmm. were running towards a solution. Um, towards opportunity. I always use magnetics um, just as the best way to describe it. I don't know if there's any magnet nerds. I'm not a magnet nerd. But um, when you take two magnets, you put them together, obviously they're, they're attracted to each other. But when you turn them up around, they repel. They're paramagnetic, right? So are you attracted to something or are you repelling away from something? Is it, is it a magnetic feeling that you are drawn towards something and you have to go somewhere towards an outcome or a desired solution? Or are you running away from something? Like you have to get away from that because if I stay anywhere near that, it's gonna affect my life. So is it magnetic or paramagnetic? And for them, I think I don't think it's paramagnetic. I think it's magnetic. If they were drawn towards an opportunity and they took it. 100%. And that's why I'm so happy for them because I know that, that those those types of decisions are not easy. No, uh, it's not. It's not. It's not the amount of work. The to-do list of like packing all your stuff up and finding a new place to live and lining, get on your, all your ducks in a row. It's just like the making the decision is the hardest part. Yeah, and just the fact that they want something more for their lives so bad that they are willing to be extremely uncomfortable making it happen. Mm -hmm. I love that because I never had the balls to do that. Yeah. I did. I know you did. <laughs> Mine was paramagnetic, though. I was. Yeah, you were running, not running, but. Yeah, it sounds really bad when you say running away from it, or you like, but. But you wanted something very different for your life, and you were like, "If Fuck I stay this, here, peace. it's not, it's not going to work." Yeah, I tried. Yeah. Um, and I had the moment I made the decision, and I did it very quickly. Um, it's not again. It's not to say that you have to move away from somewhere, or you need to cut out all your friends in order to do it. Just do it. But it, when you do it, whenever it would, if you change who you are, you start acting a different way, or you start, you know, walking a different way, talking a different way, doing things differently. If if you if you start becoming the person that you want to be, or the person that you need to become, and people around you are not receptive to it, and they're 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 either making comments, or they're you know, uh, or they're treating you differently, then just remove them. But you don't have to remove them ahead of time. Give it a shot. Give them an opportunity. Give them a chance. If they if they're meant to be there, then they'll be there. If they're not meant to be there, then remove them. And just know that the new version of you is okay with letting them go. I like to think a lot about like who I want to be in five years, who I want to be in ten years, and I literally I just look ahead to who that person is. If I want to have, if you want to have, fifty single family houses. If you want to own 50 single-family houses in five years, and I've heard lots of people say that, if you want to be that person, does this version of you have a chance of getting that? Or think about who is, what version of me am I going to be in five years? Does it look like you right now? If it doesn't, then start making changes to be more like the version of you in five years 
to be Gabby 5.0, to be Jared 5.0, to be Kirsten 5.0, to be Wayne 5.0. And what about 10 years from now? What steps can you make today to become Wayne 10.0? You have to think ahead that way. You don't have to change it all today. It can just be little steps. And if you in 10 years, you want to be um, an influencer, you want to you want to help people buy their first property. Is that version of you going to be on stage presenting? Is that version of you going to be speaking in front of 50 people, 100 people, 1,000 people? Then does today's version of you, are you able to speak in front of 1,000 people? Do you know how? Are you capable? Would you pay money to go see you? Would you pay money to stand next to 999 people to hear you speak? No? Then what do you need to do in order to become the person that you would spend money on to go and see speak? I'd start by going to the library and pulling out public speaking for dummies. Join Toastmasters. Join Toastmasters. Like, what do you got to do? You got to think about these types of things. Okay, if that's who I want to be in 10 years, what do I need to do today? If I'm the type of person that people are going to throw money at to invest with me in five years, who do I need to, what do I need to do today in order to become that person? Because no one's throwing money at me today. No one's throwing money at you today. What would it take in order for people to throw money at you? Who do you need to be? What version of you? What does that person look like? Take the necessary steps today in order to become that person in five years from now. This does not happen overnight. That is how you become successful. You figure out who it is that you want to become and you reverse engineer it so you can make actionable steps every single day. Um, there's a couple of really good comments in here. Um, first, uh, Nathan said that they definitely did it for the opportunities, but there were problems that were solved by moving. So it was a very uncomfortable win-win. I like that. I love it. Doesn't it's not always going to be comfortable creating those win-win solutions. <clears throat> also, Kirsten with the gold here, she says, by the way, the more magnets you stack together, the stronger they get. Find those connections, look for those deals, and keep pushing. That is gold. That is gold. Sucks yeah. that Facebook can't hear it. And then um, <laughs> I held it in, but now I'm just going to say it. Write that one down. But you were like, who do you got to become for people to throw money at you? And I was like, a stripper. You just can't take this fucking <laughs> show seriously, can you? <laughs> I kept it in for a few minutes. <laughs> you can't take this seriously, can you? Goodness gracious. Okay. Okay. I hope I, I, I hate doing these talks at the beginning of the show because then I feel like whatever we talk about next is just going to completely um, make everyone forget. But I, ho I hope that you all re-listen to this over and over again. Yeah. Um, if you're wondering why... We don't talk about real estate investing that much. It's because real estate investing is easy. It's easy. Go buy a fucking book. It's easy. It's becoming the person that you need to become in order to go take the steps towards becoming a real estate investor. That's hard. That's hard. Having an honest look at yourself. Criticizing yourself. Cutting out the comfort. That is hard. But if you listen to everything that I said today and you do it, then you will succeed. You will buy the properties. It's easy to swipe your credit card and take a $300 fix and flip course. It's easy. It's easy to buy a property. It's hard to buy 50. Why is that? Because this version of you is not the type of person that buys 50 properties. You don't have it. You're a chicken shit. You don't have the stones. You don't have the balls. To tug. 
You don't have it in you. Because if you did, you'd already be there. This version of you does not have it. I'm sorry. Honest to goodness truth. This version of you does not have what it takes. That doesn't mean that you're not capable. You got to put in the work personally in order to become that person that does have the stones to do it. Each and every one of you are capable. I've seen some people, I've watched some people that should have never gotten to where they are. I'm like, how the heck did that person get there? You know what they did? They believed in themselves. They believed in themselves. They took necessary steps in order to become the person that they needed to become in order to succeed. We are, we all are born, we all cry, covered in slime. We get cleaned off, we get smacked in the butt, okay? We all go to school. We're all the same. We're all built the same in different circumstances and different, you know, um, sceneries. And, and some people are dealt better hands than other hands, other people's hands. But we all have the capability to become who we need to become in order to succeed at whatever our definition of success is. It's just how we go about doing it that is important. What do we need to do personally in order to change the opportunities that we have in front of us? Mm-hmm. What decisions do we need to make in order to become that person? That's hard. Buying a house is easy. Taking a course is easy. I know it's hard. You had to ask your wife and your wife said no first. She said no a thousand times. Then she finally said yes. And you're like, yes, this $500 rent to own course. I finally get to take it. It's finally going to change my life. You go take the $500 rent to own course. And at the end of it, they tell you to go build a website and start, you know, bringing in prospects and screening them. And you got to find a mortgage broker on your team. You got to build a, you know, you need your, your option contract. You need to learn the local uh, tenancy laws. You need to learn all this. You need to learn all that. You finally buy one. And the tenant after three months says, I don't want to do this anymore. I want my money back. And you say, well, your, your option credits are non-refundable. Fuck you. And then because on your lease agreement, your personal address is on the lease agreement, so they show up to your house and they knock on your door. You're like, I'm never doing this ever again. See, the, the, going to the course was easy, but actually, you know, doing what needs to be done about who you need to become in order to get to the 50th, that's hard. Are, are you strong enough to endure all of that to get the next 49? That's the question. And who do you need to become to be the type of person that can endure that level of stress, that can go and have those uncomfortable conversations with 49 other investors? The first investor is easy. What about the other 49? You need to go raise $4.9 million. Are you the type of person that can go and do that? The first 100K is easy. Your friend said, yeah, sure. I'd love to partner with you. What about the other 4.9 million? I'm ranting. People love your rants. Mm. Except Carlos. He always tries to interrupt them. Are you filling in for Carlos today? <laughs> Sorry, babe. Yeah, lots of people agreeing with you, though. Menzero says you're dropping the gems today. What do they call it? A Wayne-a-log? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple of questions for some people that um, that I should answer today. Um, some stuff that came up recently. Uh... Maybe just one. I want to have Jared on the show um, this week. Not tomorrow because we got a guest coming on tomorrow. We've got Randall Weiss coming on from DCI Properties tomorrow. Um, talk about choosing a realtor. Uh, but maybe later this week I'd like to have Jared on because um, Jared's been doing some really cool stuff lately and um, him and I have been chatting. So uh, that's if yeah, if he's if he's available. Uh, okay, so someone asked me uh, recently about partnering with your contractor. We've done that before. We have done that before. 
Um, let's not just be super negative, but let's let's walk through the process of why someone might want to partner with their contractor on a fix and flip project or a say a burr project. Mm-hmm. Any any renovation project where there's going to be some sort of a, you know, like a burr or a flip, I think would make the most sense. Um, why would someone want to do that? Cheap labor or f- free labor. That's what they're contributing. Yeah. Uh, cheap labor for sure. Uh, that is one example that a lot of people use. Um I remember when we were starting out, uh, before we joined any programs or any coaching or anything along those lines, uh, I remember I was on Kijiji. Can't remember how I found it. I think it was just, I'd saw something on a podcast or heard something on a podcast that said, um, to go on Kijiji and try and find for sale by owners, whichever. And, uh, when I did that, I found a guy, I don't know if you remember this, it's a long time ago. Um, I found a guy that said, Hey, I am a, a contractor. I have experience in flooring, painting, carpentry, um, electrical, and I'm looking to partner with someone, uh, on a property. And I have a little bit of money and I would like to sp- uh, bring half the money. You bring the other half of the money and we split the profits. And I was, I remember being early on in the game and, and just being like, oh, okay, this sounds kind of cool because my my perception of what a real estate investor is is that someone who needs to be able to fix things, right? Someone who buys properties and fixes them and then we sell them for, for profit. Um, and I remember reaching out to this guy and uh, I thought that'd be really good. He brings half the money. I bring half the money. All I have to do is manage the tenants and he has to deal with all the hard stuff like toilets and fixing things because tenants break things, right? That was my, that's what I believed it was. Um, I had a few conversations with that guy, but we never actually ended up um, doing anything. I think because I, I came to my senses and, uh, I, I got some more education, but, uh, I know that early on people think that it's a good idea, uh, because maybe for fix and flips, uh, if I pay this person their full wage, then it's going to cost me more. But what if I partner with them? and split the profits, say 50-50, I bring the money and, you know, the deal and everything. And then I give them 50% of the profits, but they are, we either don't pay them, they only get paid in profits, or they get paid a ridiculously reduced rate. So, I mean, f- for that, if that's what you're planning on doing, I would highly recommend starting with What's the math? If you were to pay them just at their normal rate, how much would they get? If you were to partner with them and give them 50% of the profits, what would they get? Do that math first to figure out whether it's worth it. We can get into the other um, pros and cons afterwards, but start with the rate. Figure out, are we going to make more money if we just pay them as a contractor or are we going to make more money if we partner with them? Next step, and what most people do is they think, okay, well, if this contractor, my partner has an equitable interest in it, they're going to be more inclined to shop for cheaper items, materials, they're going to get it done faster, and they're not going to drag their ass. Right? How many people have have thought that before? We have. We did that early on. Yeah. Another reason why people might think that it's a good idea is because I don't have all of the money. Doing a renovation is very expensive. You got to buy the property, so you need a down payment. You need the holding costs and carrying costs, which are expensive. And then also you need the renovation costs. It's it's very expensive. And a lot of people that want to get into the game, they want to do a burr or they want to do a fix and flip. They don't necessarily have the money for it in the beginning. So why don't I partner with someone? They bring half the money. I bring the other half. I bring the expertise in the deal. They bring their skills as a contractor or a carpenter. Win-win, right? It's another example why people like to do it. Mm-hmm. We did that one. We didn't have all the money, right, mm-hmm. early on. and But we really saw it was an amazing opportunity. One of our best deals we've ever done. 
as far as like numbers go. One of the most creative best deals we ever had. We did not have the money for it at that time. Much like most of you, you don't really have the money when you're getting started. Um, so the benefits can be really great. I mean, like the ones that we mentioned, you know, they, they take, they have an equitable interest in it. They're going to take it a lot more seriously. Um, it's going to be a reduced amount of investment for you, which is great. Uh, there's the potential to build a long-term relationship, right? And continue to do more deals. More deals is better than no deals, right? If you could do more deals rather than just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to do one deal, saving up or finding other money partners, right? It's better to take action now, in my opinion. I think that's a, that's, mm-hmm. that's a great um, reason to do it. Here's why we don't. Here's why we don't. And just keep an eye on the comments for me there if you don't mind. The reason we don't is because what if the contractor doesn't do what they're supposed to do? And those of you that have dealt with contractors in the past, this is not saying all contractors are, are cut from the same cloth and they're all the same you know, people and they always fail you. Um, however, when you're working with someone and it's a, it's a large scope of work um, and things don't go the way that you want them to go, typically what happens is you start villainizing each other. You start thinking, why did that person do it that way? Why did they go and buy that tub that's $300 more than the other tub? Why? Why would they do that? It happens very quickly. Now, Gabby and I, we try and make sure that we are as understanding as possible. And we try and remain, we keep a transparent, you know, um, relationship with our contractors to make sure this never happens. Um, because it it's very easily happens, right? And I can see it from the other side, the other, you know, viewpoint from the, the contractors. Like, this guy never fucking shows up. He never once told me what kind of tub that I should get. He told me, just figure it out. I go and I figure it out based on the circumstances. They don't understand that we had to get a longer tub based on this situation here. Did they come by and, and, and look? Did they see? Did they, when we pulled the old tub out, did they see the way that it was framed in before? Did they notice that we had to go and do all this additional work once we pulled the walls out? No, we tried to tell them, but they said, don't worry about it. It's okay. We trust you. Right? So you can just see it from the contractor's point of view as well, that like, you never show up and you're just like, you think that you're the boss, right? And you think that you know everything, but you don't, right? So very easily, those relationships, they can, people start villainizing each other very quickly. So what we like to do is we like to make sure that we have a, a, a we communicate on a regular basis. Everything is transparent. If there's an issue, bring it up right away. And regular updates, you have to be going down there and checking in on it. You have to keep communication. You need updates from your contractor on a regular basis to make sure that, you know, if you go in there seven days later and you don't see anything changed and you're like, what the hell have they been doing for the last seven days? Well, if they told you, then then you would have understood. Hey, you probably didn't realize that behind the wall when we pulled it out, it was all rotted. We needed to reframe it. But if they told you that, you would have been like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. Right. So this is our relationship with our contractors. What happens when your contractor is your partner? That's when things start getting a little more complicated because you villainize them. Now, maybe maybe you take my advice and Gabby's advice and, and you, you build this you know relationship the way that it's supposed to be built. But if you don't and you start villainizing each other, what happens when you don't want to work with this person anymore? What happens when this takes significantly longer? What happens when they start spending more money on materials and you're like, the whole reason I hired you or partner with you is because you're supposed to be saving us money. What happens when you want to cut that? What happens when they get to the finishing stuff and you realize that, you know, they said that they could tile the shower, but did you go and look at it and how bad the job was? They tiled the shower and you're like, oh my awful. God, have you ever tiled a shower before? They didn't use Schluter. It looks like crap. It's uneven. So now what do you do? Do you tell them to tear it all out and redo it at their cost? Do you think that they're going to be okay with that? When you tell them to tear all that tile out? No. They're like, yeah, you're paying for it. And if they don't say that, then they're going to charge you somewhere else. Right? It's, uh, it'll, it can turn a partnership upside down very quickly. 
in my opinion, there needs to be a layer of separation there. So in the event that things aren't working, you can cut it really quickly and just say, Hey, thank you. I appreciate your work. We're done. Or, Hey, you stole or, Hey, you did this wrong. And it's going to come at a cost to you. We're not paying this invoice and we're going to dispute this invoice. You can't do that if you're partnering with them. You can't, especially if they have money in it. It's one thing to be like, you have the money in the deal and you partner with someone and they're just on the labor side. It's another thing that they have money in it. You are no longer the boss and you need to be the boss. You need to be the boss in that. You need to be in control of your project. And I think that's the biggest thing that I, I've just been patiently waiting because I know that you have a lot to say on the topic. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest thing for me is that like, okay, so like we've had this situation and it went, it went very wrong at the end. And I know of two other people close to me who have also tried this and it's gone very wrong. That's not to say that it can't be, it can't work out or that it, it can't be a beautiful relationship and work really well and you guys build a, an awesome business. Of course it can happen. The problem is, is that anybody who's done any sort of renovation, who's hired contractors, who's brought in a GC or worked with trades or whatever, knows that it's really hard to find good workers and that you go through a lot of different people before you find somebody who you love to work with, who always delivers really great work, that is fairly priced, all that, that checks all the boxes, that mm -hmm. has really great communication. They're a diamond in the rough. And so I see these people wanting to get into these relationships and partner up with a contractor, and they've never even worked with them before. Yeah. They just found somebody who said, hey, this is what I want to do. Would you be open to this? And they say, oh, that sounds interesting. It sounds like it should be a good deal They'll for all the reasons why, for all the reasons why you said in the beginning, yeah. they have an invested interest. They're going to make sure it's on time. They're going to do all these things. That sounds fantastic, but they've never even seen their work before. Or they've gone and checked out a renovation and it looked good. Yeah. They have no idea how their communication was. They have no idea if they stayed within budget. They have no idea all these things, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that the only way to really make this work is to do a project with them, as in hiring them, and seeing how you guys work together. Yeah. I think that anybody who's done a major renovation would agree with me yeah. because it doesn't, it, it doesn't just go smoothly. I don't think we've ever had one that went smoothly. It has never gone smoothly. And I don't think that we are necessarily difficult people to work with. We just have high expectations. No, we have expectations. Like we, we, we have expectations. <laughs> they're not high. They are what they and are. When somebody and they're doesn't, established early on. Yeah, and when somebody doesn't deliver on them, we call it out. Because we are paying the bills. We're paying them when they when we receive them. We are doing we are following our obligations. Mm -hmm. But when somebody doesn't fulfill theirs, we address it. And then automatically we're the assholes. And then we villainize them and they villainize us. And it goes south fast, really fast. Try and imagine doing that, experiencing <clears throat> that whole situation when you're partnered with them when they're the ones on title or you're both on title or they've got a caveat on title now for their joint venture partnership. Right. And you're like, no, you're done. Get out. Here's your $50,000 back. And they say, no, no, I did all this work. Fuck you. I'm entitled to half the profits. And you say, well, half the profits are gone because you're shitty work. We just lost $40,000. I got to redo all this work. And now we're behind on schedule. So no, I'm going to give you your money back and you're out. Do you think that they're going to roll over? No, absolutely not. Do you think that this is going to be quiet in the community? No, absolutely not. The things that are going to be said about you are going to be really bad, which who gives a shit what people think about you, but that will affect your, your reputation and being able to work with other people in the future. That is business. That's not personal. So it will affect your business. However, if you just kept them as contractors, then you can just cut them when you need to cut them, right? As soon as you notice that things aren't working, the communication's not working, you just let them go. And that's the easier way to do it. 
And that's not like, that's not like a, you know, a shady way of doing it either. It's not like, you know, that's unfair to the contract. I think it's more fair to the contractor Mm -hmm. because they got paid for what they did. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And if there's any disputes, you guys will work it out in court in a fair manner. That's the fair way to do it. Partnering with people, you may be okay in the first one or the second one, but if you're planning on doing this repeatedly, which I'm assuming you are, because that's why you're partnering with someone rather than just paying them. If you're planning on doing this over and over and over again, you're going to run into an issue eventually because things happen. And when things don't go the way that they're planned, you blame the other person. That is what we do as humans. You're never wrong. You're perfect. Wayne told me that I am perfect. I'm the man. I'm the one. I own this place. (laughs) And you believe that. And then you you can't possibly believe that it's your fault. So you blame someone else. We just do that. It's just we're human. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're doing the same thing to you as well. What I don't want to see is I don't want to see people getting into situations like we got into because we thought it was the only option. Now, when I look back, I have zero regrets on that deal. Can mm-hmm. I tell you? Can I say that? for? I have zero regrets on that deal. Okay. Had I not done that deal, it would have not have created the opportunities that we have today because I can see exactly where I am today and why I am today. Mm-hmm. I can follow it all the way back. Had I not done that deal, we would have never, we would not be here today. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I am grateful. I made decisions in my life and I live with them. I do not regret them. Okay. When you make decisions, like we were talking about earlier in the show, you live with them because I want you to have the confidence to make the same decisions in the future. Don't be afraid of making decisions because one time it didn't work out as you planned or one time it was a complete fucking failure. You made the decision, which is way more than what most people do. You are further ahead or you are in a different place because of that decision and don't be afraid and don't be don't regret it. But now I have the hindsight and the experience to know that it's not a good decision to make again. For me, if you guys decide you want to do it, that's great. Someone asked me to talk about this and here I am talking about it. And that's my advice. That's my advice from an experience as an experienced investor. And that's not just my personal opinion. That's just from what I see from other people as well in the community. I've been in this game long enough, but I've also seen and I know other people who have been in this game. And that's the same story that they tell as well. Over and over and over again. I can also say confidently that I do not have one example in the last 10 years I've been doing this of someone who has said otherwise. Gabby, do you know anyone else who has had a successful experience doing this i don't but that's not to say that i'm asking you if you do no no they exist yeah but i don't and And of all the people that i know and all the people gabby knows i have never seen one succeed i have only seen them fail yeah so i don't want someone to think that oh just because it happened one time to wayne that i shouldn't do it no please take what i say and take what other people say and be a good critical thinker okay It's not about just taking what one person says. You have to listen to lots of people and then make a decision for yourself. And find find somebody who's done it successfully and ask them how. What did they put in place? How? What did they make sure they did? What, like all of those things, how did they make it successful? Because from our eyes, it just can't, it can't be because of experience and because of what we know from other people. If, if a contractor wants to, 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 to build a long-term relationship with you, then, then build it as a, as a contractor owner relationship. Tell them what your goals are and ask them what their goals are. Help them build their business alongside your business, right? That can work, right? They're going to have a vested interest because they, they know that if they keep you happy, you are going to continue to do more deals. And they're going to get more work to be able to hire more people, to be able to build the foundation of their business. Once they can hire more people and have more assets, then they'll be able to quote on other work that's going to help them build their business. That's a much better way to approach this. If that person wants to become a real estate investor, then help them build their business to create the assets and, and the funding that they need to go and buy their own properties. But not with you. I've said this many, many times. I love joint ventures when they are necessary, okay? And when they're passive and uninvolved. 
No, I, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I love joint ventures when you need them. I needed that joint venture on that deal. I needed it. Yeah, wouldn't have happened otherwise. It wouldn't have happened if I didn't do it. I didn't have the confidence myself. I didn't have the resources, okay? I was about to lose that deal, so I did what was necessary to get it done. Do I do joint ventures right now? No, I don't want to because I don't want to partner with people anymore. But it made sense when I needed it. So if you are new in real estate investing and you don't have the funds, go get joint venture partners. Build a win-win relationship. Partner with someone who doesn't want to learn how to do all this stuff. Okay? Partner with someone who just wants to be a money person. Here, take the money. I don't want to do anything. And then you like that because guess what? You get the money and they don't do anything and they're not a part of the decisions. You are running the business. Okay? You don't have a contractor that's making half the decisions or picking out the tubs and stuff like that. They are strictly passive. You take their money and you do what it is that they want them to do, what they want you to do, and that is make them money. Okay, great, fantastic. That's a great relationship. Do that until you don't need them anymore. Then do it for yourself because they solved a problem for you. They were a solution for a problem for you, which is you don't have the money or the financing to be able to do it. If you do not have the money in the financing, go find someone who has the money in the financing. If you have money in financing, don't use someone else. When you bring other people in, you are, you're, you're creating a risk and vulnerability to things going wrong because other people are, are involved. You focus on you, making sure that you reach your goals. If you can do it all on your own, great. If you can't, find the people that can help you do it. And that is all. No one will ever have your best interests in mind as good as you do. Or as much as you do. Do you understand where I'm working with this now? You go get what you need to go get. If you can't do it, then bring someone else in who can help you only when you can't. When you can do it on your own, do it on your own. So if you're in a situation right now where you need to, you have the perfect contractor, he's the only contractor in the city. He says, I will do the work for you, but the only way I'll do it, the only way that I will do it, because I am the only contractor in the city, is that you partner with me and we go 50-50 on the profits. Then do it. You have, you have a decision to make. Do I not do it and do nothing? Or do I do it with them and I move ahead? Then you make a decision. Okay. But if there are other options, then go choose the other options first. The options with the least amount of risk, right? Mm -hmm. Is that it? Does that make sense on how I process the decisions that I make? Mm -hmm. I want people to have a really good understanding of that today. Lots and lots of stuff, lots of stuff covered today. Lots of stuff covered today. So uh, I really hope that you guys re-listen to this episode. I haven't had a chance to go through all the comments, but um, I have seen them coming through. Um, Re-listen to this episode. There's lots of good nuggets in here. Um, tomorrow, we have a special guest coming on, Randall Weiss. He's going to be talking about how to choose your realtor for your power team. Gabby, anything else to uh, add? Today is Tuesday. And tomorrow's Wednesday. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.